0: To Being Average, a podcast for people wanting to love God the way He loves us. I'm your host, Madeline Wood, and this is our very first episode. Today is February 5th, 2018. So I'm really happy to start sharing my testimony in Christ. Um, This is something God's put on my heart probably forever now, and I'm just now getting to it with my journey in Christ now, which has been about five years. So I'm by no means an expert, and this is a podcast for people who also aren't experts that want to learn. How to Love God is I'm trying to learn how to love God every day through listening to podcasts, reading scripture daily, you know, and using a lot of other Christian-based resources to learn about that, and I guess I'll start by talking about my family and, you know, where our struggles have been as a family and then move into my childhood and then going up through middle school, high school, and then college, and my first job, and then how I'm doing now, and maybe I'll go back and add this podcast uh, as my life updates. So, I mean, we're just American. My dad's family is from Ireland and Great Britain, and my mom's family is Uh, they're Scottish and Welsh. We come from some strong Christian roots, you know, with the Protestant and the Catholics all getting in their wars and whatnot. So my family came over here and, you know, I'm not sure why, but my grandparents have always been very astute Christians. They don't miss Sunday church ever. And, you know, they're highly involved in the community and they're highly involved with God. And it's just been a cool journey. I mean, looking back now to see how strong their faith has been. And they're kind of one of the people that I look up to in how strong their faith is. it can always come back even when it seems like, you know, maybe they've lost it. And then my parents, uh, they grew up obviously going to church every Sunday. They went to Christian school because my grandparents were all so astute christians and that that was also expected in that time if you didn't go to church you were socially outcast of course um so they went begrudgingly i might add neither of um, i've talked to them and neither of them liked going to church they hated going to christian school and they counted it as a blessing when they were finally able to go to public school um so when i was born uh I went to, you know, Christian preschool, but I really don't remember a lot from that. And then um, my brother was born, and he also went to Christian preschool, but I was old enough to remember things at that point, and my little brother's ambidextrous now because they wouldn't let him write with his left hand because they thought it was satanic, and so That was probably, like, my very first experience with, like, a negative outlook on Christian lifestyles in the United States. So, we're really off to a good start here. And, you know, I remember bits and pieces of my childhood, and we never went to church. We went to church on Easter and Christmas, and that was only if we were with my grandparents, Otherwise, we didn't go. We were we weren't even check the box wear the hat Christians. I'm sure you guys have heard that we weren't even Walmart Christians. We were like, uh, your Dollar Central Christians. Okay, like that's not Christianity. So if you think that's Christianity, this podcast is going to be amazing for you. Um, and I really hope you take it seriously. But we were Dollar General Christians. Okay. Um, and so middle school rolled around, and you know I didn't have that big presence of Christ. So, you know I didn't have faith in anything except for myself and you know my abilities. But you know that only lasts you so long, especially when other people uh, get involved in the picture who are also egocentrical. You know, eleven-year-olds. But uh, my middle school was actually pretty terrible, so was my high school, like, I wouldn't recommend any of it to anybody, but uh, I decided I would join the band because I played cello in elementary school, hated that, fingers hurt, no, so I decided to join the band, right? Well, this was my first experience with bullies that I didn't understand why they didn't like me, and normally I'm like, okay, I understand why this person doesn't like me because I said this mean thing to them as a kid, like, you know, you have no social filter, but by middle school, you have a social filter, and you don't know why somebody hates you, they just decide to hate you, and well, this group of girls, you know, girls are the best, decided that they didn't like me very much, and so for three years, I was essentially bullied by them every single day, but I had a really great group of friends that, I mean, also got bullied a lot, so we just kind of stuck together. I think my, one of my biggest memories, though, wasn't the time I got beat up in the band room. It was not that time, which did happen, and totally sucked, but I think it was really bad for me, because I, they threw pencils at me for, like, two hours. We had a final exam, and they threw pencils at me, and it's just, I don't know that's, that's, I I feel like a moment in my life where it just kind of went downhill from there, and I was generally a positive person back then, but, you know, it's kind of hard when people throw pencils at you, just casually, and, you know, harass you all day, you know, trip you as you're walking in the hallway, that kind of thing, right, and I'm sure many others have had similar situations, so that's why this Episode, you know, these podcasts are called "Being Average" because everybody goes through issues like this, whether they're small or large, and you know, it just kind of depends on the person how they react to them. Well, in eighth grade, you know, so still in middle school, um, one of the girls that was bullying me, uh, couldn't afford her flute anymore because she had it on rent. Um, she was a low-income family, and she couldn't afford to rent her flute anymore, which means she would have to change um, to a different art. And I, uh, my first flute was a $50 flute from Tuesday morning, so great place if you guys haven't been there. Um, And she really needed a flute, and my band teacher approached me, and she said, Hey, this person really needs a uh, a flute, and she knew that we didn't get along. Like she knew that, and so that was a big ask of me. And so I was like, okay, I'll think about it, and I wasn't really gonna think about it. But you know, I got home, and I and I almost felt compelled to let her use my flute, and I don't know why. Still to this day, don't know why. Um, and I just think it's probably God just coming in there and trying to speak into my life, and I didn't know it was God trying to speak to me. But I went down, and I told my parents, I was like, hey, parents, uh, Miss Edwards asked if I could, you know, let someone borrow my first flute, because they can't afford it, and they were like, oh, who is it? And I said the person's name, and, um, they, they about lost it, because they knew uh, what was going on, And you know, school doesn't do anything about that public school in North Carolina, yes. Um, they were like, no, you're you're not going to do that. And I was like, no, I really feel like this is what needs to be done. Like, I know she's totally sucked, and she does totally suck like towards me. Not that she sucked at playing. She wasn't really that bad. But she totally sucked towards me. That's, that's what we're getting at here. And I was like, well, you know, I'm going to do it because, you know, it's my flute, and it's definitely, like, cost per use is all gone anyway. So it also mathematically made sense, like, if I was giving her my – new flute, that would not be cool, but, you know, I I gave it to her, um, well, I let her borrow it, and, uh, I really didn't expect her to give it back, but, you know, the end of the year rolls around, and, uh, she decided, she, uh, came up to me, and she said, here's your flute back, um, thank you, and that was the first time she'd actually ever said anything nice to me, ever, which was crazy for me, I was like, mind explosion, right, Well, you know, high school rolls around. You know, we're past that phase of middle school. So I'm like, yes, we're in the clear. We are in the golden zone. You know, all the middle schoolers are like, yeah, high school's going to be the best moment of your life, right? Okay. And then you get to high school, they're like, oh, college is going to be the best time of your life, right? It's never the best time of your life, whenever they say that it's going to be the best time. That's just my two cents. But, you know, I get to high school. You know, high school's not terrible. I had, you know, a good group of friends and that kind of thing. Um, and then I apparently, uh, had some issues in my brain, uh, I had undiagnosed, uh, depressive disorder, uh, major depressive disorder, which basically just means you get depressed for no reason because of your chemicals in your brain, it's not like anything triggers it, you just have depressed moods, uh, every so often, I mean, you just, just kind of have to power through, which sucks because sometimes they're at very inconvenient times but um so I had that and at the time my family really wasn't making anything better because they they were close at this point to getting a divorce and I knew it like I wasn't stupid of how old, however old you are when you're in ninth grade that's how old I was and I wasn't stupid I knew what was going on and like one night I remember specifically my mom climbed down a laundry chute so that she didn't have to like talk to my dad. And, you know, I don't know. And not that any of that really had a full impact, but with a thing like major depressive disorder, real depressing situations add on to it and make it a thousand times worse. And we didn't know that at the time. And uh, well, I decided that you know, I was gonna kill myself, I had, you know, a couple of good friends, and I didn't really have anything else going for me, um, I had all right grades, and I just felt like, you know, nobody was gonna miss me, so why continue on, right, and I'm sure a lot of people have those thoughts, and I just want to say, if anyone's having those thoughts, like, those are not from God, like, those are bad thoughts. So Satan is Satan knows that God has an amazing plan for you and he's coming after you. Um, I didn't know that at the time. I was just like, you know what? Screw this. And uh as most people who are suicidal do, I did a small call out for help to my very best friend at the time, and she what well, she was crying in a room and her, her mom came in and, you know, she told her and her mom called my mom and they caught me. Right. So real successful there, which is amazing that I wasn't successful and that I had a friend in my life who cared enough because I didn't think I, I didn't think I did. I didn't think anybody cared. So, I mean, it was a big opener for me. And unfortunately, if you have a friend that's suicidal, they'll resent you. For it, and I always felt so terrible about resenting this friend the entire time. The rest of the time I was in high school, this is by the end of my ninth grade year. Um, I stopped talking to her. I really didn't handle the situation well, but you know, people with undiagnosed disorders generally don't handle things very well, and so uh, decided I wasn't going to talk to her anymore. And. Part of that was my mom started to make me go to counseling, and actually that night, my dad knew a guy, and they took me to counseling, which, you know, for your angry, uh, angsty teenager, that was not the good move for me. And they brought me to a Christian guy of all places. Like, some, like, my parents were not at all good examples of followers of Christ. I didn't even know they believed in Jesus. That's, like, how much uh, of a bad thing example they were so they made me go to this counselor and he's like do you believe in God and I said no and I didn't and I meant it I didn't believe in God at all and he's like well do you hate God I was like I don't believe he exists and if he did yes I do hate him and I said those words exactly and I don't know it it felt fine coming off because I was so within you know Satan's claws that you know I could say anything and I would be okay with it After that, uh, my mom made me start going to counseling, like, weekly. On the bright side, I got to miss band class, and it was always excused. Um, you know, I get, I get a little bit better. I got out of that depressive funk thanks to, uh, that counselor, and I really don't think she did anything spectacular. I think just talking to somebody was probably helpful, so if you're feeling that way, talking always helps, regardless of the situation, hence this podcast. Um... So then I think it was my senior year. So by this point, you know, I had great grades. Um, I'd really turned it around and uh, it wasn't, you know, still didn't really believe in God or anything. Maybe I was agnostic by this point. I think that's what I started calling myself agnostic, which basically means you believe in a higher being. You just don't want to commit to a religion, and, you know, commitment's the biggest part about having faith in something, because you got to commit to it, so I was like, yeah, there's a ha- how you're being, like, the plants are pretty, blah, 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 right, and also, you know, trying to be positive, so that's what my counselor's telling me, be positive, positive. and so uh, it was my last semester of my junior year of high school, um, I noticed that I was getting bald spots, um, in my head, and this is probably going into June, that there were bald spots on my, like, gorgeous hair. I have really pretty, well, at the time, I had really pretty curly hair, um, and I always straightened it, because all the pretty girls had their straightened, so I didn't appreciate it, and, um, it's, it started falling out. And it's a disease, an autoimmune disease called alopecia uh, totalis, which basically means all the hair on your scalp uh, falls out because your immune system thinks that it's a uh, like a virus or something in your body, and so it literally kills all of your hair follicles. Um, and that definitely sucked. Probably around August of my summer of my senior year. Um, my parents decided that my little brother wasn't living up to his end of the deal that they had with him, which I don't remember exactly what it was, but we had always threatened to send him to Christian school because my parents hated it when they were kids. Um, and so they always, you know, told us stories of how much they hated going to Christian school. And, uh, so they, they would always threaten my little brother and he had gotten to the point where he thought that they were bluffing. Cause a lot of the times my parents didn't really ever follow through with the whole grounding thing or, you know, threats that they would make. And Garrett really liked to push those boundaries. Me, I was like, okay, I won't do whatever it is that's pissing you off. Cause I don't want any of that punishment. Well, not my little brother. He, he, uh, pushed it a little too far, let it go a little too long. And, uh, They wanted to send him to Christian school. Christmas school. Christian school. Um, And there were a couple where we lived. But, you know, they found one that they thought would really make his head spin. Like, they had a daily worship, you know, with, like, contemporary Christian songs. And, you know, this is just stuff that people who don't understand loving God uh, find, you know, see as a punishment, right? And, And to get into Christian school... have to have a pastor sign that you're a christian i mean it's kind of like a duh, but it's also if you're not familiar with that you don't expect it at all which we were very amused by so we very reluctantly in order to get my little brother into this christian school to teach him a lesson for his first year of high school um (laughs) we ended up Going to church because my mom asked her, one of her friends she knew was a active Christian, and she said, uh, My family needs to find a new church. Not that we ever had an old church to begin with, but a new church. And she's like, Yeah, come to Crossroads. Like, it'll be awesome. And, you know, our pastor's great, which he is. Um, and so we went, and I was forced to come along as well because it had to be a whole family effort or nothing to get my brother to go to Christian school as a punishment. So it actually, my, my journey with God actually started out as a very vindictive, uh, journey to the church and, um, and it's so hard to feel comfortable if you are not familiar with God around other Christians, like they come off a little strong, a little radical, Right. I, I felt something at that uh, church. Crossroads probably the best church I've ever been to. I mean, it's only been five years, so I guess I have more churches to go to. But, and music is good, but what was really important is they really want people to want to be there. So it's not like, okay, I go there and I check my box and there we are. Even if it's a miserable, you know, 10 a.m. service. But... Not Crossroads. Crossroads, uh, the pastor comes out and he says, uh, you know, if you're a follower of Christ, if you're not a follower of Christ, there's no expectation on you. We just ask that you sit back, you relax, you enjoy yourself. But if you are a follower of Christ, there is an expectation on you. There's an expectation of your uh, Christian family that hear what he's saying, and what are you going to do about it, and he said that every single time we went, and we had to go a lot, because we had to get Garrett signed up real quick. I don't know, every time he said that, it, like, really hit home for me, and I actually, you know, started paying attention to the sermons and all of that, and, you know, I was the first one in my family to accept God into my life fully, which, you know, made my whole family start doing it, and it was just I don't know. It was a powerful, powerful thing to be surrounded by so many people of enormous faith, and and they also did these uh, testimonies where people would test. And this is this is what inspired me to do my own testimony, which is the people would come up on stage, and it, it was just these gut wrenching stories, and then about how they gave their life to Christ and how you know the devils tried to tempt them, and you know they've you know, always been needing, you know, the armor of God, and it was just, it was so, it was so heartfelt, and, you know, I'm not really an emotional person, but, so when I feel something, I feel it, and I was just so, I'm so blessed to have um, been invited to Crossroads. Uh, It really changed my life. Um, I want to be an amazing Christian one day, uh, it's, you know, the point of these podcasts is not only for you all, but also for me, because I want to be held accountable to my walk with Christ, because I tend to drop the ball, like I did in college, and, you know, things got bad, and I did some silly things that I don't really need to testify, because we all do silly things in college, but I did some silly things, and, you know, I wasn't walking with Christ like I was for a year, um, I believed in him. I occasionally prayed, you know, when something was kind of sucky. But I think that's something we all struggle with: is you know, things get so so good, and you're like, oh, this is awesome, and you forget to, uh, you know, thank the per- thank the you know man upstairs who's making that all happen for you, so that you can live in him. But you know, then you get distracted by all the sins of the world. And you're like, oh, I'm gonna go drinking, or I'm gonna go have sex before marriage, and that kind of thing. I was in a sorority in college. Uh, loved. I let me say this. I love the values of my sorority, and you know, I've, I've I'd never felt included there, but I did really enjoy um, getting to volunteer through it, and I think that's very important. And you know, eventually, I did come to be accepted by my sisters, um, I was a little strange, mostly because I was not emotionally mature, and it wasn't really, it wasn't really all my fault, um, when my hair fell out, uh, in high school, uh, I ended up developing, this is where I developed an anxiety disorder, um, and I also continued to pull my hair out as a result of that anxiety disorder. So I was probably bald for three or so, three years or so. Um, first from the alopecia and then from uh, trachylaminia, which I still struggle with, but not nearly as much. Um, and I actually ended up stopping my junior year, and I didn't pick my hair um, at all, and it was awesome, and um, then I got, and then I went off my medicine, um, felt like, you know, I didn't want to be on my medicine while I was traveling abroad. I traveled abroad um, the very end of my college. I was in Shanghai for the summer, and then I was in Nanchang, China for the uh, remainder of that semester um, you know, September to December, and it was awesome, and, you know, I kind of got back to my faith. My journey in college kind of, it ended. I was able to get off of my, uh, anxiety medication because, you know, everything just kind of was going. It was going right. It was going good. I had a ton of friends. I was in with my sorority, um, and I was really focusing on, Trying to get into a daily rhythm with God. And I think that's probably why it was all so good. But, you know, then college ended, and, you know, you get a little stressed out when you don't have a job right out of college. And, you know, I graduated summa cum laude in two majors in four years. And the fact that I couldn't find a job was really stressing me out because everything that I had done up until May 5th of 2017. Was planned. I am a huge planner and I planned it and I didn't have a job. And that was, you know, it's that was fine. And, you know, God didn't want me to have a job right then. And that was okay for me. You know, I lost some weight. I got gotten to running and I got to going like three miles in 15 minutes, I think. Not now. I haven't continued running because running totally sucks. People who like running are insane. I think that's like a special disorder. You know, they should call it, I don't know what they should call it. But people who like running, I think, have a special mental disorder. Just saying. Running sucks. But you will lose a ton of weight on it, which is awesome. Um so I you know was eating really healthy and doing all that but most importantly I started bible journaling which if you don't know what bible journaling is it's basically coloring in your bible which I know for some people's really daunting and they don't want to ruin their bible that's why I bought a second bible because I still would like to read the verses on occasion but I'm not really a big drawer but I like to uh write out the phrases that really stand out to me in those daily readings. And, you know, sometimes it took an hour, depending on how long these passages were. But, you know, I really tried to stay on to it. And then I got a job. Uh, it was actually interesting how I got the job. I went to Knoxville for an interview for a place that manufactures horse dental wear. And horse dental wear is a thing, it exists, there are so many things that you don't know exists, right, um, and horse dental wear would be one of them, and it doesn't seem like a bad job, but it was also only asking $13 an hour, and for my two major self, that didn't fly for me, right, um, it wouldn't really fly for anybody, I feel like, if you have a degree, like, I can make $13 an hour anywhere, like, at Target, I think. I don't know how much they're paid, but I feel like maybe managing something at Target, you get $13 an hour. Anyway, they offered me the job, but at the same time that was all going on, my grandmother realized that she knew somebody who was director of marketing at a company that did consumer product manufacturing, and I was like, oh, that's that sounds so cool, right? So I... You know, interviewed with them, and they offered me the job too. So that was a significant increase in pay. Forty-two five a year is way better than below thirty thousand. And so um, I accepted that offer, and I really enjoyed the work the whole time I was working there. Um, but my boss was crazy. Like he. He's really smart, but he doesn't know how to manage people. And so the turnover rate at this company is so, so high. And, you know, if there's, you know, some like non-Christian advice on here, guys, if you're looking for a job, get a tour of the office. If the people don't look happy, they probably don't ever look happy. And I think that's really important, especially since I've been, um, touring a bunch of businesses lately looking for a new job, um, trying to figure out where God's trying to place me. Um, yeah, it's, there's a huge difference. And guys, if you're on Glassdoor and you see that there's a lot of one stars and then there's five stars of people who've been working there forever, that's a problem too. Um... I'm not going to continue to speak bad about them because it really did help me. Um, the The whole experience was helpful. You know, God pulled me out of it, thank goodness, because it was getting a little toxic and I started, you know, back up with a anxiety fit and having panic attacks again and going back on medication. And it wasn't because the job was hard, no. I loved doing the work there. It was um, working with people who don't appreciate you or nurture you or try to help you you know especially in the way that you know God can so I was trying to place I was doing the same thing I did in college where I was trying to place um my identity of self based on what others thought of me and it's a re- I think that's like you know everybody has like one major thing they do you know for some people it's you know too much drinking too much sex uh, you know uh too much stuff not being generous enough. But for me, it's seeking the approval of others over the love of God. And I think it's really important to kind of have a self-reflection of what your biggest area is that you need to improve on with God. And like for my relationship to move forward with God, I've really got to get a handle on, you know, using God And, you know, you know, everything's great with God, you know, everything's going good. And he finally gives me some, and he gives me something that, you know, I've been praying for. And then I'm like, okay, God, you know, see you next time. And I just go through this cycle and I go through this cycle my whole life. I did it in middle school, you know, everything was going okay. Okay. In high school, I was like, oh gosh, where are you? And then, um, you know, everything did the same thing a couple of times in college. I think it's just, you know, my, you know, biggest struggle is forgetting about God when I'm having a good time, and then I start, you know, trying to do whatever I want to do, and, you know, it's great that God gives us that option, which I almost wish he didn't, and he would just be like, no, no, you need to do this, or at least, you know, that my ears would be open enough to listen, but, you know, that's, that's not the reality, like, a relationship is a two-way street, right? Think of God kind of like, you know, that friend you call for advice all the time, like, they would fly, fly down for you or whatever, like, you know, to help you out if you're having a bad time. Like, God, God would come down from heaven to help you out if you're having a bad time, which he does all the time, because he loves you so much. I don't care how many, like, miles it is in, you know, like, whatever gas is in heaven, I guess, like, angel farts or whatever. Sorry, that was, that was silly. But, you know, whatever God, you know, has to sacrifice to come down to help you. And, you know, it's just it's just nice knowing that, you know, God's going to be there to pull you out of those situations, even when you suck. Because, you know, everyone sucks when it comes to maintaining that relationship with God. And then, you know, there are people like, you know, Rick Warren, who are just amazing. and You're like, why can't I be like you? Well, if you listen to what Rick's saying, you can be like him. And it's just, you know, trying to keep up all of that. And I've been doing a lot of thinking in my months that I've been unemployed. Oh, yeah. I wasn't fired, if anyone's wondering. It was, uh, they wanted to hire some engineers, and I was the last one hired. I'm completely competent, I promise. This isn't like a, a screw, screw that company. No. I definitely appreciate having worked there, because God's gonna use that experience in my life to push me forward, and he's already doing it. I already had a job offer, which I accepted to start in March, and he's leading me to, you know, another place too. And, you know, maybe I'm going to have, like, some options, or, you know, God's going to say, you know, maybe you do need to be a financial counselor. But he's pushing me right now um, for another position at another company that's still working in consumer products, but for pets. And it sounds amazing. The culture sounds amazing. And I'm really hoping that's where God's trying to take me, but I also won't be really upset about it if that's not where he's taking me. But, you know, that first job that I had, like, even though, like, my boss was really bad, like, really, really bad, like, he is being able to, you know, move past, I guess, whatever you're stewing on. and know that, you know, God's got this, which is something our associate pastor at Crossroads used to say. Um, he, he quit recently, but that's cause he, uh, has some health issues that he's dealing with and he wanted to spend more time with his family. But, uh, his whole thing is, you know, God's got this. He even has a hashtag for it. And I just want you guys to know that God does have it. Like, you know, you're always there. And I'm in a place right now where I haven't been this happy probably since, maybe this time last year. I'm up on a high right now and I'm really trying to keep up doing it and that's the whole point of this podcast so that, you know, I can remain in control and maybe, you know, hopefully help some other people who are having the same type of problems because I feel like the problems I'm having aren't any different from the problems anybody else is having and this isn't gonna be like a complaint session. Um, that was just a little bit about my life um, in this episode. My, my episodes, uh, from now on, are going to be more about what I've learned in scriptures this week and other people's podcasts, which I will give them credit. So don't worry, I'm not just stealing ideas and talking about them, but, um, I'll give them credit. Like, some of my, uh, favorite podcasts or favorite podcasts listened to are, uh, Daily Hope, uh, by Rick Warren, and, um, there's this really wonderful one called God-Centered Success by Mia Davies, um, I, first of all, I like that she's a woman. I really like having the woman's perspective on a business uh, side of things, which is pretty exciting because you don't usually get to hear that. And then on top of that, she's you know focused on how you can um, walk with God in all aspects of your life. because a lot of people, they tend to, you know, walk with God at home, walk with God to church, sit with God at church, and then the only place that God doesn't touch their lives is business. And that's because, you know, they don't, they aren't really living into what God wants you to do. So my next job, whatever it's going to be, I'm going to make sure people want to, I'm going to make sure people know that I'm a Christian um, or that I want to be. I try really hard. Um, you, know, the, you know, they look at me, you go, know, yeah, that girl's a Christian. And I don't know, I'll probably take that as the greatest compliment you know, I've had people say that to me before, but it's also been in my, like, times of being a good faithful servant and, you know, not doing what I want to do. So it's really important, you guys, if you're going to take anything away from my story, um, don't let Satan, you know, take you down. Don't let uh, him get into your head and, you know, ruin your friendships and basically anything that Satan's going to do, don't let him do it. Don't forget about God. Like, if you're having a great time, keep up talking to God. Because, like, you know, if you call your friend, like, you know, 10, you know, ten days later after not talking to them again, they're going to be really mad, right? God won't get mad. He won't do that because he loves you. He'll probably be disappointed, but he's not going to treat you any differently. If you need help and you call him for help, he'll be there. But, you know, all in that time... Like, you've just wasted, what, like, 10 days not talking to God? Like, he could have helped you day one when you were having the issue. So just always turn to God whenever you're having an issue. Uh, I think that's the most important thing that I've learned, um, not to forget God. Because it's, you can get caught up, and that's how you end up in bad situations. You know, but God always wants to take you out, but, or not like, you know, pew, pew, take you out, but like, you know, take you out of those situations He wants your life to be happy. Um, You know, being a Christian doesn't have a, you know, a job description on it, but, you know, or a caution label, I guess. And, you know, there is a caution label, like the devil's going to try and turn you away from God, just like he did Job or Job or however you say it. Um, You know, that's one of the only places in the Bible where God and the devil are talking to each other, and they basically place bets on If Job or Job is going to say, you know, is going to stay faithful to God, which he does in the end. But, you know, he goes through all this lamenting and, you know, woe is me. And we all do that. We all go through lamenting and woe is me. But we do it too long, like way too long. We need to be so faithful that we don't even say woe is me. We just go straight to God and we're like, hey, God, I'm seeing this happen in my life. And it'd be great, you know, if it wasn't happening. I guess, you know, those are my lessons that I learned. And sorry if this got kind of rambly. The other ones will be a lot more organized. But I just wanted everyone to kind of know a little bit about me. And so episode one is going to stay episode one. It's not going to go away. And it's always going to be my testimony to my life with Christ. So I really hope that, you know, you listen to my other episodes, which are going to be way more organized than this one and way less rambly thank you for listening to being average because we all you know have the same problems and we just want to know how to deal with those problems in a faith-centered way and I really want to help us to focus on doing that you know I'm learning just as much as you're learning um think if this is the abridged version so you don't have to listen to an hour and a half long podcast and I'll do that for you All right, so thank you for listening to Being Average, a podcast for people wanting to love God the way he loves us.